0: Laban is responding to Jacob. What wages do you want, Laban asked again. Jacob replied, don't give me anything. Just do this one thing and I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks. Let me inspect your flocks today and remove all the sheeps and goats that are speckled or spotted along with all the black sheep. Give these to me as my wages. In the future, when you check on the animals you have given me as wages, you'll see that I have been honest. If you find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots, or any sheep that are not black, you will know that I have stolen them from you. So Jacob is about to make a deal with Laban. I wouldn't make any deal with this guy. He cheated him over and over again. Now he wants to make a deal. And here's the deal that he made. He said, I'll watch over your flocks. I'll watch over your sheep and your goats. And instead of you paying me a salary for doing it, You give me those goats and sheep that have spots on them, the ones that have stripes, the black ones. In other words, words, Laban would keep the solid-colored sheep and the goats, which are mostly, most sheep and goats are solid colors, and Jacob would take the rest. Now watch what happens when you make a deal with, with, with one of these guys. Verse 34, All right, Laban said, it will be as you say. But that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted or had white patches, and all the black sheep. See, he's cheating them already. Sometimes it's not too wise to make a deal with someone that that's cheated you over and over. Sometimes it's not wise to go back into a relationship where that person has hurt and wounded you time and time again. And and you're going back saying, oh, but I know he really loves me. Somewhere deep inside. See, love that's not expressed is worthless. And already here was Laban already he, he was going back on his word and he, he told Jacob that he could have the speckled sheep and goats and the spotted ones and the black ones, so they came in the night and took them away and left, ja- and left Jacob only to watch over the solid colors, the ones that belonged to Laban. I know this might be confusing, a little hard to understand, I was looking through the internet. I couldn't find one sermon on this chapter because this is some of the hardest scripture to understand. But Laban knew that the solid colored sheep and goats are not likely to, to reproduce speckled and spotted and striped. So he removed them. Now I'm going I'm to read one more scripture, verse 37. Then Jacob took some, and he had, th- this is a mystery. These scriptures, since the day I've been saved, I haven't been able to figure this out. So th- this might seem very unusual. So verse 37, Then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar, almond and plain trees, and peeled off strips of bark, making white streaks on them. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, for that was where they made it. And when they made it in front of the white streaked branches, they gave birth to young that were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated those lambs lambs from Laban's flock, and as mating time, he turned the flock to face Laban's animals that were streaked or black. This is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering troughs in front of them then they would mate in front of the branches, but he didn't do this with the weaker one. Sounds confusing. Let me just try to explain what's going on. Jacob had this idea. He says he made a deal with Laban that I'm going to take the, the, the goats with the spots. I, I'm going to take the goats with the streaks, the black ones. But he didn't have any to mate, so he took the healthy ones. He took the best of Laban's sheep and the goats, and you know what he did? He he took barks of branches and made stripes on them, and then he held it up for the sheep to look at, so that when the when they gave birth, they would give birth to to striped sheep and goats. Does that make any sense to you? That's just like if you're going to give birth. And you want a kid to have red hair? That you're going to take a piece of paper and paint all, put red paint all over it, and you're going to sit and stare at it, and then and, and believe that the baby is going to be born with red hair. Somebody from Russia once told me that that they believe that they have a superstition. That if somebody's born with a birthmark, you know, a a red birthmark, it means that somewhere their mother looked at a fire while she was pregnant and and she gave birth to to a baby that had a red birthmark. It makes no sense. That's why we don't have one sermon on this. Nobody could figure it out. People say, well, is that a superstition? Is that some idea that Jacob made up somewhere? What kind of an idea is that? That you get the goats to look at stripes while they're mating, and now they're going to have babies with stripes, and now Jacob is going to take those babies. And, you know, he got rich doing it. I don't know. I can't figure it out. I don't know why it happened, But God blessed everything that he did. Why why did God bless it? Because if you go to Genesis 31, verse 10, here's what I believe. It talks about a dream that that he had, that Jacob had. He says, once I had a dream in which I looked up and saw that the male goats mating with the flock were streaked, speckled, or spotted. The angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, I answered him, Here I am. And he said, Look up and see that all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked, speckled, or spotted. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. It doesn't really tell us, but it could be that in that dream God gave Jacob a strategy, something that makes no sense to us. It makes no sense to the human mind. But I want to give you a a biblical principle right now that when you step out in obedience to God, he'll break the laws of nature. See, God is a supernatural God. We don't live just in a world where we look around the stuff we could touch. Do you know that the Bible says that we're surrounded with angels? You don't see them. They live in the realm of the spirit. But the Bible says that angels encamp around and about believers. We can't see right now into the spiritual realm, but it's real. It has its own laws, its own realities. We, we don't see the demons coming and whispering in your ear. Oh, don't listen to that word. Oh, you don't need to worship. We don't see when the natural eyes, but there's a realm of the Spirit, and it's real. It's the place where God lives, and it has its laws. And one of the laws is that when you step out in obedience to God, and it's something that makes no sense, it doesn't matter, because God's not bound by this natural world. For example... God told Joshua to blow the trumpets and shout, and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Some of you remember that story from children's church or Sunday school. When they were going to attack, God's people were going to attack the city. God said, you don't need any battering rams. This is not a natural thing. He said, you just march. And when I say, when I say go you blow the trumpet and shout and the walls came down. See, that makes no sense in your natural mind. But if God tells you to do it, you're going to get the results. You're going to see the hand of God. You see, that's good news for you. You yourself, you're not bound by the laws of this world. When we step out, And what God tells us to do, he can accelerate you. You see that Jacob, all the blessings he got, it it tells us in Genesis 31 that he became rich off of this scheme. He got so many cattle and, and goats because of God's hand of blessing in his life that he became rich just out of the simple act of obedience there's things that God's going to tell you to do and it makes no sense to your natural mind. For example, the Bible talks about tithing, giving 10% of your income. In your your natural mind and my natural way of thinking, that makes absolutely no sense. You mean I'm going to take 10% of my income that I work for that I need to pay bills and I'm going to give it to the church. It's the, the ways of God is the total opposite. But I've been doing it since I became a Christian, and I wouldn't stop doing it for anything in this world because I'd rather have God's blessing. I, I'd rather have God's anointing on that 90% than to have the whole thing in my pocket. Because when you step out in obedience, it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. When you obey God, something happens in the realm of the Spirit and God starts to move in your behalf. That's even true in worship. I want the worship leaders especially listen to this. When you tell in worship, when the worship leader tells you to clap your hands, you might think, oh, that's nice. We get some rhythm. But you don't know what that could be doing in the realm of the spirit. When you clap your hands, you might make a thunderous noise against the gates of hell, the enemy that's tormenting you. When the worship in worship, if the leader says, let's shout to the Lord, It's just a simple act. But when you respond in obedience, God anoints it. And who knows what walls that were standing in your way will tumble down. See, that's the power. That's the power in worship. When when there's an instruction to begin to dance, the Bible says that we dance on injustice. Maybe those injustices that have happened in your life, God begins to reverse them when you begin to dance in obedience. The simplest acts, the simplest things. If you just obey God, even those things that make no sense, you can't see the end of it. But whatever God tells you to do, when you do it, there's a spiritual law at work that he's going to begin to make something happen on your behalf. And that's what I believe happened with Jacob. It doesn't matter that this scheme makes no sense. I I read it over and over. I can't figure it out. Not one Bible scholar understands it. They make up a story. That's what they do in a lot of these commentaries. When they don't understand something, they say, oh, they must have got translated it wrong or something. There's some things in the Bible, I'll admit, I don't understand. I, in all the years and years, there are questions you can ask me, and there's just things that, that the Bible's not plain about, and I'm not going to make up an answer. I'm not going to make up a story. And, and this is one of them. Why this happened, I don't know, but all I know is that when Jacob in his act of obedience, he took the he took those the wood and he made stripes on it. And he held it up in front of the solid colored goats. They they birthed babies that were striped. God broke the laws of genetics, the laws of nature. He wants to do that for you. He wants to heal that cancer that the doctors The doctor can't heal it. God will break the law of nature. He'll supernaturally pay your bill. That could take years and years for you to save up. In the realm of the spirit, just like what happened with Jacob, God prospered him, gave him years' worth of salary in an instant, in a short time. God is accelerating. See, that's what God wants to do for you. This isn't only for Jacob. This isn't only a story about some guy from, from thousands of years ago. It's the same God. It's the same reality. If God could bless Jacob's obedience, he's going to do it for you. But you see, it, it's about taking the word and obeying it. going to read um, I'm going to go now to Genesis 31 verse 4 It says so Jacob called Rachel and Leah those were his two wives out to the field where he was watching his flock he said to them I notice that your father's attitude towards me has changed, but the God of my father has been with me. You know how hard I have worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages ten times, but God has not allowed, me to, has not allowed him to do me any harm. For he said, the speckled animals will be your wages. The whole flock began to produce speckled young. And when he changed his mind and said, the striped animals will be your wages, then the whole flock produced striped young. In this way, God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. You see, you, you, you might be here today and people have abused you. They've come against you. They've ruined your reputation. People have cursed you, spoken against you. But the hand of God is with you. There's always victory in God. You see, here was Jake. He had his uncle Laban. And Laban made a deal with him. And ten times he changed it. He said, okay, I'm changing the deal. Now I'll only give you the striped ones. And then all of a sudden, the the cattle started to produce only striped. And then he changed it. He said, no, you can't have the striped. I'll give you the speckled. And now the cattle started to produce speckled babies. Whatever the enemy tries to do to you, if God is on your side, you are an overcomer. Man can't hold you back anymore. Your past can't hold you back. Maybe you have enemies, you have haters, people that scheme against you. Maybe even in your own house. Some of you are going to face that today when you go home. But but let me tell you, they will not prevail over you. You will not be defeated. Because what did Jacob say? Whatever whatever his uncle did to him, however he plotted and schemed, God was on my side. And God is going to validate you. He's going to vindicate you. Uh, Just as I look around, I I just see so many of you, you, you've suffered real abuse. Some of you have suffered real betrayal, just like Jacob. Some of you, even now, are are being abused. And we want to let you know as a church that that in your marriage, or, or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, if they're physically abusing you, we're going to stand with you. We'll do whatever it takes to help you. And um, I had asked um, Pastor Melissa that she's going to be in the conference room back here if that's you. If, if you're in a marriage, if you have a boyfriend that's abusing you, you don't have to live in that relationship. We're going to st- help you. We're going to fight for you. So. it Right back here, right after church. See, we want to put feet to the to the word of God. We want we want to do what it says. Why, why did Why did Jacob even stay in the in the relationship? See that that's something that, that I've wondered through the years. Maybe Jacob was intimidated. Maybe he was being bullied and he was afraid to leave. Maybe he had a victim mentality that because of his sin in the past, that he deserved it. That he made his bed and now he's lying in it. And you know, some of you might believe that lie today. Some of you might believe that because of your past, you deserve to live in 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 an abusive relationship. You deserve to be hurt. There's nothing better for you. But let me tell you, that's a lie. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished, and every sin that you ever committed was paid for. So the, when I was studying psychology in college, there was a word called revictimization, victimization and I, they studied people just like Jacob. Why did Jacob keep going over and over, making another deal, and then he was abused, he was taken advantage of? Why didn't he leave? And that's what happens to so many people, e- even Christians. Go from one abusive relationship to another. Then you keep going back and going back and keep going back with that same boyfriend, that same girlfriend that will kick you around. See, God is not in that. There's freedom for you. For I, I just really, while I was preparing this today, I really feel God really spoke to me, that there's some people here. And you're just like Jacob. For some reason, you're stuck in that cycle of abuse. You know that you're going to get hit. You know you're going to get hurt. But there's just something keeps drawing you back. and, And the Lord wants to set you free today. He has better for you. There's a scripture in the Bible. And you know what it says? It says that God is faithful even when we are faithless because he can't deny himself. You see, Jacob didn't deserve the blessings of God. Jacob was himself. He was a liar he was a cheater. He, his very name, Jacob, meant deceiver. But how many of you thank God that even when we're not faithful, that his promise is still true because that's who he is? He made a promise to you to be your father, to never leave you or forsake you. Even in your failure even in your immaturity God is still faithful to you Now I'm not don't get me wrong I'm not saying that you can live any way you want that you can go out and hurt people you abuse people that you can go out of here and just act any way and God's going to overlook it That's not what I'm saying What I'm saying if you're a child of God and you're going after God. But but in that, there are days and times when when you just can't pray. There are days where we heard this morning, maybe you're just so heavy laden by the cares of this world, and you haven't been faithful to pray. You haven't been faithful to seek God. Even in that, even in that, God is faithful. I I can tell you in my own life, many days and many times when I woke up and I tried to pick up the Bible and I just couldn't, just so overwhelmed, or times when my heart started to get consumed with the things of this world, and I would make, my only prayer would be, God, thank you for the sandwich. times in my life when I wasn't faithful to the ministry and calling. I started to run after my own stuff. And I want to tell you that in those times, God has been faithful. God is a faithful God. He hasn't given up on you. Even today, some of you, you feel like a failure. You feel like God's forgotten about you. Maybe you haven't prayed the way that you should. Maybe you haven't attended church the way that God's told you to. Even in that, even in that, there's a God that's faithful. That's why you better be careful. Those people that you speak against, those people that you judge, the people you point your finger at, that might be the person that God's about to bless. See, I'll tolerate anything, but that's one thing I can't tolerate is the accusing tongue and the pointing finger. Who are we to begin to point fingers and accuse the person who God has his hand upon? See, we're quick to judge. And some of you watch out for Facebook. I see so much condemning stuff on there. Don't read everything. Don't don't keep scrolling through and taking in everything you read. Some of that stuff will wound you and tear you up. Speak judgment over your life. Get you to question things that you don't need to question. But see, Jacob is proof. That even in his faithlessness, even in his failure, there's a God that loves him. There's a God of new beginnings. He gave, he kept coming back to Jacob. He didn't give up on him. He gave him a dream. He encountered him again. He called him back to Bethel. Over and over, and God is doing that for you. Some, there's someone here, you need to hear that, that God hasn't given up on you. He's passionately in love with you and he's not angry and he's going to pursue you. He's not going to give up until he has your heart. You see, in Genesis 31, when Jacob had that dream, you know what God told him? It's time to go back home. It's time to go back to the land that I promised you. It's time to leave this place of abuse. It's time to leave the past behind. It's time to leave the place of lack and failure and to go into the place that I promised you. I don't believe that word was just for Jacob. That's a word for you today. It's time. God is saying, it, you can leave the past behind. Those, ab- those abusive, angry words that were spoken over you that replay and replay in your mind. The, the season of lack, never having enough. Those days are over. We begin to step out. God's saying it's time. He's telling the church, arise. Come into your promise. Come into your destiny. You see, the only thing that will hold you back is is, is if you don't believe it. You know what I find? That you get what you expect. If you expect that God doesn't want to bless you, that the same old thing is going to keep happening, then guess what? That's what's going to happen because God responds when he sees faith, when he sees belief. You see, I'll admit it. That happens to me many times. God's about to move. I I see things start moving ahead in my life. Finances start coming in, speaking engagements, open doors. All of a sudden, people want to buy my books. And then you know what happens? This little thought starts coming in my head. Don't get your hopes up. Oh, no, it's just going to be the same old thing. It's going to be like you're going to get excited. You're going to be hurt. You're going to get disappointed. And I'll admit it, I start to shut down. It's a lot safer not to. It's safe not to believe. It's safe not to expect because you won't be disappointed. And, and many of us, we've given up. We've given up on believing. You've given up on the promise of God in your life. You, you, wh- whatever that is for you because you've been hurt so many times. You don't want to open your heart again. But God is saying this time it's going to be different because now you're going to meet him with faith. I want you to arise and begin to expect to be blessed. Expect to prosper. Even in your failure, even though you maybe you haven't been as faithful as you should have been, if you make a new determination and say, God, I just like Jacob, I failed. Failed? i messed up. I don't deserve it. But God, I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. I make a covenant with you. And I believe you that change is coming, that the blessing is ahead, that peace and joy are ahead, that doors are going to open for you. God's going to release those jobs, promotions, relationships, He's going to heal your sicknesses, your disease. Maybe you've believed again and again and you've given up. you shut down just like me many times. There's like a foreboding that starts to come. And you know what has happened to me? I just begin to expect the worst. I'll, I want to be open with you. Because otherwise I'm wasting my time up. Many times I just expect the words, I hear prophetic words, this is going to be a great year, oh 2011, that's the year of breakthrough, I said, oh yeah, I heard it all before, same old thing, it's going to be the same old thing, and guess what happens, the same old thing, but something happened in this year that God got hold of my spirit, and I'm believing Him for breakthroughs and open doors like never before. I'm, ex- I'm willing to put my heart out there. I'm willing to take a risk. I'm willing to take a chance because He's a mighty, awesome God. Th- this week we celebrated Martin Luther King Day, and here's what Martin Luther King said. The God who we worship is not a weak and incompetent God. God is able to beat back gigantic waves of opposition and to bring low, prodigious mountains of evil. This ringing testimony of the Christian faith is that God is able, and not only is he able, he's willing are you, are you willing to begin to expect something's going to happen? Who's going to join me this year? How many of you are saying this is the year? This is the season. The things that haven't happened, it's going to start to happen. The promotions you've been praying for for years, it's, God's going to begin to release it. But you've got to meet him with faith, expectation. I'm going to ask if Veronica could come. And we want to pray, but first we want to set the stage. So Veronica is going to come and minister and dance.
1: Will you help me just open up your mouth and glorify God? If he's done anything for you. God tonight listening to me on this record I don't know what it is you're going through but God said you can get your breakthrough tonight look at somebody say I'm going to get my breakthrough tonight right now turn around behind you and say I'm going to get an instantaneous breakthrough now you've been praying and seeking God and fasting but when you ask God do you really have faith that he can do it God that is able? Do you serve a God that is strong and mighty? Well, if you do, can I tell you how to get your breakthrough? Say, Kirk, how can I get my breakthrough right now? You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. This is how you can get it tonight.
0: that was better than the preaching. right?
1: <laughs> Amen.
0: I'm, I'm just going to ask everyone to stand right now. And I'm going to invite Melissa to come. M- Melissa's going to come and she's going to sing a song that I believe is going to bring release. That's going to begin to release those things that those hopes and dreams that God's placed in you, the things you've given up on. See, I believe this is the time to just like Jacob did, he said, I had it with that laban. I had it with being taken advantage of. I had it with the abuse and the hurt and the pain. I'm going to the place of promise that God sent me to. Before Melissa sings this song, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand right here. And as she sings, God is going to begin to do something in you. So I'm going to ask, if you're saying, that's me, I'm going to the place of promise, I'm leaving it all behind. I just want to invite you just to come forward and stand with me. You see, that's me. I'm believing this year I'm believing that in this year I'm I'm going to put aside all the, the wounds and the hurts of the past, everything that's held me back. I'm tired of the lack. I'm tired of never having enough. I'm believing that in this year I'm raising my expectation. I'm raising my faith. And I'm believing that this is going to be the greatest year of my life. That the greatest days will break breakthrough our ahead, just as with Jacob. See, just like Jacob, God's been faithful to me. God's been on my side, He's provided. But I believe there's a promised land, there's a place in God. And I'm heading there. And I believe the Lord showed me as Melissa sings this song. She's going to begin to break things open.
1: Every tear. there's a God who's been faithful to me. When my strength was all gone, and when my heart had no song,
0: Amen. So I just decree over you. Just lift your hands to heaven right now. I'm gonna just make a decree over your life. I decree that this is the best is yet to come. I decree that you are leaving. You are, you are, you are packing up. You're packing up. Get your stuff. You're leaving the land of abuse. You're leaving the hurts behind. And I decree that you are stepping into a place of glory. You are stepping into a place of provision. There's always more than enough. There's more than enough. I bless you. I bless you with more than enough. See, you are rich in faith and hope and love. Do you know that you are a rightful heir? That God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And guess what? I believe I own at least one. And so do you. So let's just close right now. Let's thank him for his faithfulness. Let's thank him. I thank you, Jesus, that even when I've been unfaithful, when I failed to pray, God, when I haven't done what I knew to do, I haven't given all that I was supposed to, I just thank you that you've been faithful. And in Jesus' name, I thank you for the best years ahead. I release right now jobs, promotions in Jesus' name. I decree over your marriage. I break the power of hell over your marriage. And I decree, I release healthy, joyful marriages. I decree peace in your household. That your children will serve the Lord with all their heart. Let's just thank Him today. Let's just worship Him.